Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Spy Bar podcast. Uh, this week, we'll obviously uh, go over the two dominating performances on both the European and PGA Tours uh, by uh, Deshambo and Rose, respectively. Um, before touching on uh, Joy of Joys, a bit of politics entering the world of sport and golf in particular this week with uh, the Saudi International um, starting this week. Um, but before we get into kind of politics, let's, let's uh, touch on what happened last weekend. Uh, as I touched on you, some really dominating performances by the favourites in both fields. We'll start with the Omega Dubai Desert Classic, where Bryson DeChambeau uh, ended up winning the event by seven strokes from Matt Wallace. Um, just a dominating uh, final round performance, um, really the class of the field. Um, he admitted over the first couple of days whilst he was scoring really well and obviously led after 54 holes um, he there were a couple of things in his game that he was struggling with and ended up staying on the range until late on Saturday night just to try and find what it was and uh, whatever it was that he found uh, he found with a plum on uh, Sunday by destroying the rest of the field in, in what was in fairness good scoring conditions there were some fabulous final rounds on Sunday and obviously set it up for a bit of a birdie fest but fair play to Bryson um, great win his first win on the European tour his fourth fourth win in the last I think 10 events or nine uh, nine events so I mean he is on a heater right now and in fact over the last 12 months he has accrued the most um, official world golf ranking points over the last 12 months he's also played the most events um, which is why he's still only ranked five in the world but he's not going to be far before uh, you know vaulting up into uh, certainly testing uh, Justin Rose for that world number one uh, position because he is you know, along with Rose, those two are the most consistent golfers in world golf right now. Um, it's fascinating to watch somebody play such a different style of golf than we've ever really seen before. His obviously scientific approach, talking about air density and um, and uh, the way that he obviously reads his putts, which almost kind of requires a protractor. Um, so it's a fascinating character, really interesting character. Uh, we've found out a little bit more about him and his personality. He's turned up on a uh, on the Foreplay podcast, uh, which is done by the Barstool Sports guys, which is well worth a listen to if you don't listen to already. Um, a really interesting character, someone to really root for, and a bit of a just a different way of doing things. And you know, clearly, it works for him. It's a very unorthodox swing. It's a very mechanical swing. Not everyone's uh, gonna gonna warm to that, but you can't fault the uh, the events. An absolutely awesome amateur, um, won all the big amateur events and he's just translated that form into the pro game and I think he's going to be around for a long while to, uh, to continue. So well done to him on his first European Tour win. Outside of that, um, you know, I mentioned obviously second place was Matt Wallace. Again, he's just proving his class, isn't he? Three wins last year. Uh, decent um, uh, round the week before in Abu Dhabi. Another second place here. Uh, I think he's due, going to be a, due a big win this uh, this year. Um, I think he's going to be there or thereabouts in some of the big tournaments. Look, look for him to perform at the WGC. He likes the limelight. He likes the pressure. It just seems to be so enthusiastic. Just a great, a great person to root for um, and we're really blessed at the minute some really good English talent uh, out there um, to uh, to really root for and I kind of on that note 
two final rounds of 64 by both Ian Poulter and Paul Waring uh, to finish T3 alongside Sergio and Alvaro Quiros. Uh, you know, just two two fabulous final rounds by those guys. Uh, Waring's um, again been in some great form over the last few months. I think T6 the week before in Abu Dhabi, T3 uh, this week. He'll be certainly somebody to look out for in uh, in Saudi Arabia. Um, obviously liking Desert Golf and on a bit of a heater, but, but also great to see Poulter. I know he was one of my picks um, and certainly he almost pulled me out of a hole because uh, uh, my other couple of picks didn't do that great. Rafa missing the cut. Um, unfortunately, Rafa Cabrera Bayo and Tom Lewis made the cut, finished T48. Uh, didn't really do much over the weekend. Um, moving over to the Farmers Insurance Open. Again, similarly to Bryson, um, you know, Justin Rose dominated a world-class field. Um, ended up winning only by two shots, but was never really in doubt, to be quite honest. He went into the final round leading by three, and it was closer than it looked because Adam Scott birdied the last four holes. Um, and uh, so, you know, fabulous performance by Justin Rose, only his second outing with his new clubs. Um, you know, clearly, there's no... Uh, there's no um, downturn in his performance, despite the uh, the move over to Honma. Um, I mean, there's a couple of I saw a bit on Twitter after the event, or certainly during the final round, where people were kind of a bit bored of Justin Rose, or he's not very likable, or just doesn't seem as perhaps dynamic as some of the younger, more social media aware stars. And and look, I get it. I know he's a bit sort of more clean and. Uh, I suppose PR savvy than maybe some of the other guys but to me he's just a nice normal bloke who loves his golf has worked incredibly hard and for the last 48 months is the best player on the planet and that's obviously reflected in his world ranking he's someone I've always admired Uh, I've always looked uh, to to find him on any leaderboard, even when he was in his his downturns, I think he's just a fabulous player and a great ambassador for the game of golf and for English golf in particular. Um, you know, we've got to doff the cap as well to uh, Adam Scott for a fabulous return to form. Uh, you know, p- people. Um, well, he's well known for not being the world's greatest putter, but you know, his 14th in strokes gained putting uh, in the field on on uh, over the weekend, or actually over the whole course of the four days, and you know that. That just shows that when he putts well, he's going to contend, and uh, great to see him in some good form. And I, you know, talking of doffing the cap, I need to doff the cap to who's this guy on Twitter? Uh, his Twitter handle is at Invisible Golfer. Uh, he and I just had a little um, friendly wager on Thursday last week. He was uh, saying Adam Scott was going to have a good tournament and have a good first day, and I said no, there's no way he's going to be the best Australian. I reckon Jason Day is going to have him. In fairness, both guys had good finishes. Adam Scott second, Jason Day T5. Jason Day won the day on Thursday, so I won our little mini wager. But um, I think it's only fair that I doff the cap here to uh, uh, to uh, at Invisible Golfer just to say well done on a great uh, a great tip and hopefully won some cash as a result. Um, kind of other things to take away from the week. Again, kudos to Taylor Gooch. Taylor Gooch was only in this event courtesy of his top 10 uh, in the Desert Classic the previous week and he finished T3. So that means he's going to be the Waste Management Open this week. So someone who's kind of fighting for his PGA Tour card or fighting for more starts on the PGA Tour. He's got a third in a row at another big tournament. So uh, well done to him. And then I think kind of the other couple of things to take out of it is what a great leaderboard we had. Um, yeah, Hideki Matsuyama returning to a bit of form, which is good because he's been struggling with kind of wrist and hand injuries for 
the last 18 months have really sort of fallen off after a great 2017. So good to see him returning to a bit of form and certainly he'll be someone to watch this week at uh, at Phoenix Open, which uh, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which he's won a couple of times beforehand. But uh, other things, John Rahm, uh, another fabulous showing in California in January, um, another top five. And then you had Rory McIlroy and Jason Day. I mean, both guys were kind of there or thereabouts. Um, never really threatening the lead, but certainly a good performance, a good start to both their seasons. So uh, well done to those guys. And then finally, obviously, a lot of talk about Tiger's first tournament. Similar to last year, I think he was top 26 or something last year. He was T20th this this year. Okay, played solidly all four rounds. Um, got better and better as the tournament went on. Certainly looked to him as you know to be pretty impressed or pretty pleased with how he started the uh, the 2019 season. Let's see how he continues. And again, I will gloss over my picks quickly from last week. I had Leishman who ended up T43rd and Snedeker T62. Both of them started well on Thursday, but just never really did anything thereafter. Uh, so not the greatest week for me in picks. Um, in terms of kind of other news. And I suppose this will blend into the the tournaments this week to look at politics and sport. Um, gotta love it. Um, you know, there's a lot of morality going around the internet and social media, in particular around obviously the European Tour taking an event to Saudi Arabia. Just given what's happened with the uh, uh, the American journalist Khashoggi, who was murdered in the Saudi Arabian Turkish embassy, allegedly, um, a lot of. Uh, uh, yeah, I suppose a lot of people sticking their oar in around you know, should the European Tour be doing it or not. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to get too much into it, but certainly you can see that you know, the likes of Brandel Chambly and others are putting their putting their two penny within, and they won't be watching or or taking uh, taking too much into the event. A couple of guys have have declined invitations to it, including the likes of Matt Fitzpatrick and Paul Casey. And they've done that on moral grounds. Um, and then you've got the likes of Tiger who turned down a two million appearance fee apparently for not ta- taking, um, uh, for not playing in the event. I think kind of, um, for me, Eddie Pepperell, I really like Eddie. He's a great bloke and I think he summed it up best. I'll just read a couple of uh, quotes that he's given to BBC Sport um, uh, just on, on why he uh, why he's playing the event. He said, look, I can only really speak for myself and plus remember I'm not being paid to be here. The problem with taking a moral approach to us playing in Saudi Arabia this week is that it would lay bare many contradictions of the past. Like, for example, why do we play in China or Qatar or Turkey? Depending on your timescale, you could argue that every country on earth has at some point exemplified the worst the human beings have to offer. Uh, I mean, for me, that perfectly sums it up. Look, I'm not going to hold anyone to account here. I think the only people that I would suggest have more tough questions to answer are those that are taking appearance fees for playing. Um, And that, that, that... kind of lends in to nicely into kind of doing a preview which is look we've got four of the top world's top five players here in Justin Rose, DJ, Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. Now Justin Rose is a full member of the European Tour so whether he's able to take an appearance fee I don't know but certainly DJ, Kepka and uh, and DeChambeau I would imagine will have had appearance fees here so any tough questions should be uh, put in their direction and the likes of Patrick Reed as well so it's a difficult one. Let's just, for me, 
I'm interested in the golf and not necessarily the politics, but I thought it was something that kind of needed to be raised. And um, yeah, let's just see how it pans out over the next couple of weeks. I think the uh, the press conferences will almost be as interesting as the event itself, or potentially interesting. Um, so moving on to the Saudi International Power by SIBA. Um, so this is played at the Royal Greens Golf and Country Club, brand new event on the European Tour, three and a half million pound purse. As I touched on four of the world's top five players are already playing, plus uh, rider cuppers like Sergio Henrik, Ian Poulter, Thorborn Olison, and Patrick Reeve from the US point of view. So really strong field. It's stronger than the field over in the States. It's got 50 world ranking, uh, official golf world ranking points up for grabs, which is why the field is so good. Um, in terms of uh, leading the, the betting, we've got the two winners from last week, Brighton and Rose, who are joint favourites at 13-2, to two, and then followed by DJ 7-1, Brooks 9-1, Sergio 14-1, to one, then there's a bit of drop-off to Patrick Reed at 20-1. to one. Um, For me, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with Sergio, Sergio Garcia, 14 to 1. Um, great finish last week, T3. Um, and his, I suppose, last six uh, European Tour starts have been T3, T6 at the Hong Kong Open, T9 at the DP World Tour Championship, second at the Ned Bank, won the Andalusian Masters, and seventh at the Portugal Masters. So he has had six top tens, including a victory in his last six European Tour events. He plays well in the desert. He'd previously won the Desert Classic um, uh, beforehand a couple of years back. Uh, I just like him at 14 to 1. He's in some good form, so no reason why that can't continue moving forward. I think Justin Rose coming all the way over from. Uh, the West Coast is going to struggle possibly a little bit with um, the time difference and, and just, just adjusting. I know they're used to that, these guys, but it'd just be difficult uh, for him to, to maybe back that up. But again, I will counter that with he's just backed it up all year for the last two years. So uh, I expect him to be there or thereabouts. DJ Brooks, I mean, they're, they're taking some paychecks out of the Middle East, seem to be playing all right. I just, I'm, I'm just not sure... Just not sure how up for it they seem to be, but but Sergio, I think he's he's back on it. Um, he seems to be in a really good place. So fourteen to one, I like him. And my outsider this week, I'm also going to go for another another golden oldie. Um, I'm going with Lee Westwood at thirty three to one. Uh, he just seems to be playing a really good brand of golf for the minute. It seems to be freed up doesn't really care he obviously won the Ned Bank Challenge just towards the back end of last year and he even said as much like I don't really care what happens I'm just enjoying my golf you know with his wife on the bag um, he just seems to be in a much better place mentally and that's reflected in his golf so he obviously won the Ned Bank Challenge it ended up coming tied 20th in the DP World Tour Champs at the end of last year and his first two events of this year have been T16 in Abu Dhabi and T7 last week in Dubai so it's in really good form uh, I just like him, 33 to 1, so not, not bad odds. Um, and then that moves us over to uh, the craziest event on the PGA Tour in terms of uh, fan engagement. That's the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Um, just uh, iconic for the 16th, the par 3 16th hole, which is uh, just covered wall to wall um, with stands. It's like a football stadium, effectively. Um, all the, the crowds are insane. They get up first thing in the morning, drinking all day. Uh, if you hit the green, they uh, they cheer you. If you miss the green, they boo you. If you bogey it, you get in all sorts of trouble. And if you shank it like Ian Poulter does, you get the walk of shame. So uh, it seems to be like a fabulous fan engagement event. The 
players love playing it if you ever hear any of the recordings or any of the interviews that they do uh, they say it's almost like the most nervous they ever get is on that 16th tee box just with you know it's only really a nine or an eight iron for most of them um, uh, and a, a, a playable green too but it's it just uh, always seems to get the juices flowing so it'd be interesting to see how they uh, how they deal with it out there um, in terms of history obviously it's been around for a long time and they've just actually uh, signed a long-term the waste management signed a long-term deal to keep the phoenix open going with the pga tour that was announced yesterday and uh, the previous winners here we last year's winner was gary woodland uh, and then before that we had uh, back-to-back wins by hideki matsuyama and then kepka in 2015 and then uh, other likes of mickelson won in 2013 etc etc um again not a bad field this week you've got uh, ram again playing um, JT uh, is teeing it up this week Hideki Matsuyama Xander Schauffele Gary Woodland Tony Finau Ricky Fowler Webb Simpson Mickelson Kucha um, it's a good field you know really strong field just not not as strong as European Tour which you don't we won't get many weeks like that throughout the year so uh, even still a really good field for a very strong event um, in terms of winner pick this week I'm going with the favourite John Rahm 7-1 to one. Um, look, he's played this event a couple of times first time he was 16th last year he was 11th so he's getting better he loves playing in the desert he's a former Arizona State alumni so he knows the course well he'll be well supported by the crowds and then on top of that you just just got to look at his form over the last five events 5th, 6th, 8th, win, 4th um, so 5 top oh, top 8 and better in his last five events on the PGA Tour so he's justified at 7-1 to one as, as being the favourite um, I expect him to do better uh, continually get better and for me I think the one thing that's interesting about him he's sneakily got more consistent over the last 12 months I think everybody always knew how talented he was and that he was always going to win um, but I think over the last 12 months he's just just got more and more consistent um, I don't think he's reigning in his emotions he still gets emotional. You could see that last week. Um, I just uh, I fancy him this week. I think he's going to have a, another very strong week. So John Ramp seven to one as my winner, and as my outsider, I'm I'm sticking with the old guard again. I'm going back to the old guard here with uh, with Matt Kuchar at twenty eight to one. Um, look, he's already got two wins this season, so he's having a fabulous sort of uh, mid forties, mid late forties um, bloom to his career. Um, he's had a couple of weeks off since the uh, uh, playing in the Sony Open and uh, out in Wailele. Um So look, I look for him to kind of uh, perform pretty well at this event. He's done he's done well at the Waste Management previously. He was T five, um, tied fifth last year. He's had a couple of the top tens as well over the years here. So it's a course he knows well. He's pretty even keeled. Um, he's obviously playing the best golf of his. Or seems to be his best golf of his career at this stage so I look for that to uh, to continue and, and kind of as I mentioned earlier I was really close to picking Hideki um, as my winner this week just given his performance at this event previously he obviously withdrew last year with his injury despite obviously shooting a 69 in, in the first round um, and he won the in 2017 2016 and, and obviously his good performance last week so I expect him to feature on a course he's played well at um, previously um, but I just wonder whether just being off for such a long time and 
um, whether he can get that win, it'll be interesting to see. He, he will definitely feature, and that's reflected in his odds at twelve to one. He's, he's very low odds for someone who's really not done a great deal over the last twelve months. But I think that's reflective of he knows this course and plays it well. So look, a couple of interesting events for different reasons. They couldn't be more polar opposite reasons. Obviously, with um, perhaps the human rights question marks and the uh, diversity question marks out in Saudi Arabia um, for the uh, Saudi international and then going, you know, literally 180 degrees to the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which will be beer o'clock and lots of shouting, screaming, hollering and uh, a a lot of good fun. So um, two polar opposite events, but interesting events that will have a massive impact on the OWGR, the official World Golf Rankings. And look, we've got the Masters not too far away. So these events are massive for those who are hovering in kind of the late 30s, 40s, 50s and 60s in the World Rankings because they want that Masters invitation or certainly to get into the players and WGC events that are upcoming. So two couple of good events. Enjoy them and uh, yeah, look forward to catching up with you next week. Cheers for now. Bye.